Welcome to Pod for Teacher. I'm Aaron Fitzpatrick. I'm Nate Langelli. And I'm Kristen Milanovic. Recording from our own respective bunkers in undisclosed locations. <laughs> this is a first, but the pod must go on. Am I right? How are you guys it doing? Must. It must. I'm, We're good. I'm doing I'm fine. Good. Yeah. How are you? I'm all right. Uh, I, I, I think you'll you'll share my sentiments here. Like this is a very very strange feeling that I can't say I've ever experienced before. I don't know how to describe it. I don't like it. Uh, yes. I feel like I need. I should be at school. I feel like we should be doing something uh, aside from recording the pod, of course. But um, wow, right? Maybe, maybe this is the time for you to get a cat. There will never be that time, mate. No, uh, no. No. no, I'm with Aaron uh, there. No. Thank you, Krista. But it is it is very oh, different puppy, because <laughs> little puppy. Oh, a puppy! There you go. <laughs> yes, I it is. I feel like a sitting duck, and I don't like that feeling. I feel like I'm just waiting for the the storm. And even though there's nothing that you know, it, it's just uncertainty. You know, have I been exposed? Do I currently have it? Am I just waiting? You know, geez, I just coughed. Am I sick? Like it's a lot of anxiety that is uh, on everyone. Is the purge and, about to commence? Uh, and not to make you jealous, Fitz, but to remind you that K Mills and I, we live fairly close. So we, we could still maybe, you know, catch up every once yeah. in a while. But you're well, you're out of the radius, man. You're you're far. You're you're in no man's land. I am. I am. You're I'm gonna take advantage of that. County. You're gonna have to learn how to cook. I know how to cook. Oh, okay. <laughs> Come on now. Did well, I mean like every meal? I mean I cook most of my meals, yeah. Yeah, most. Yeah. Well, I mean, <laughs> I'm a, huge, a huge fan of huge fan of delivery and takeout, but uh, and 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 hey, I mean, despite all the changes, that seems like that's something that uh, that we can continue at least. I mean, we got to keep an eye on our restaurant workers and and friends yes. and things like that. But um, of course, we're talking about the fact that due to the coronavirus pandemic or COVID nineteen, schools across Pennsylvania and the country are closed. So we had to get a little creative to make this podcast Speaking of, having to creative to bring our game online is something that a lot of teachers are dealing with this week. Uh, we're going to talk about that a little bit later on. Um, obviously, this situation impacts everyone in many different ways, but we're going to be mostly focusing on how it has and continues to affect students and staff in schools across the country. We'll talk about that with our superintendent, Dr. Jeffrey Fuller, in a bit as well. But all right, folks. We've all lived through various times in America's history that have affected us from coast to coast. And just right off the bat, it made me think of when I was in school, when we were in school, you had like 99 Columbine, right? Uh, you had Y2K in 2000. We had the 9-11 attacks in 2001 and they gripped our nation, but this is, this grips our nation in a very, it's, it's just very different. Like we mentioned, it's not saying it's worse or better, but it's just a very different feel as to how it's like playing out you know, collectively. So when choosing how to respond, what's appropriate? You know, what is beneficial? What's gonna help bring healing the fastest? And when dealing with students, we obviously have an obligation not only for their educational safety, but their physical safety as well. Exactly, so we're gonna talk about how schools have responded to the current crisis. Uh, if they've, you know, how should they continue to respond as we learn more each and every minute? And we'll get right into it after this word from the Smiths. Panic on the streets of London. Panic on the streets of Birmingham. I wonder to 
How can you stop a pandemic? It's a little bit of research here. So the CDC global health security experts work with other countries to help stop the spread by detecting and reporting cases, identifying the cause of illnesses, containing outbreaks and coordinating a response. So the symptoms of this coronavirus, COVID-19, include a fever, cough, and shortness of breath. Patients can experience anywhere from mild to severe respiratory illnesses. So the CDC has said, here's some ways to protect yourself. Wash your hands for 20 seconds, where you actually sing happy birthday to yourself two times. Cover your cough or sneeze in your arm. And if you feel sick, stay home. So, Nate, what do you think? I mean, what do you think about the impact for people staying home? Hourly employees, like schools were currently closed. Like, can this, are, are we, like, what are your thoughts? I, I, well, first off, sometimes I like to sing happy birthday to myself when I'm feeling a little down, but this mm. is a completely different reason to sing happy birthday. Mm. Um, so, Does it help when it, nobody brings you presents at the end of the song? Are there no candles to blow out? No, no. You can make a wish. You could. That is true. I that do. Is true. I do. <laughs> do your wishes come true? I'll never tell. Like everyone's wish well, should be sure. sooner than later this this time around, don't you think? <laughs> I'm sure one of those wishes was that she was a co-host on Pod for Teacher and bada bing, bada boom. Here we well, are. <laughs> we make dreams um, come true. But, <laughs> but talking about the effect on specifically, say, let's say hourly employees, like I can't even imagine, like. Allegheny County, we're going to talk about, like, they just shut down restaurants for, like, dining in purposes. Like, a lot of people, that's their livelihood. A lot of people, maybe they don't benefit from having a salary job or, well, or benefits relax. in general. Yeah. Right? So, like, how are people that rely on hourly wages supposed to make ends meet if you're not able to get paid? I I, I can't even fathom. I'm, like I said, I'm not in that position. Uh, it's got to be really tough. Not only that, then what if you have children that you need to take care of? If you have other dependents that you're responsible for. Um, so again, this is a huge impact. Obviously the health and safety of everybody is paramount, but we can't neglect the economic impact. Like this could cripple an economy. Like when you shut things down, not just here, but countries around the world. And so like the global economic impact, you know, that could be um, huge as well. And then the fact about schools being closed for two weeks kind of just goes right along with it with students not having meals, perhaps that they're used to at school, not having, People look after them. So again, childcare. Are parents just supposed to stay home? Um, th these are tough questions. Yeah, it, so it's it's, it's very unprecedented. Other states are doing different things. Like I, New York City schools. There's a million students in the New mm -hmm. York City public school system, and they just closed closed through April twentieth. So and much longer than two weeks. I'm not sure how long LA is closed, but LA is the second largest, I think, school district in the country. And they've closed mm -hmm. down too. For, I'm not sure how the length of time, but yeah, you're talking like millions of kids across the country. So what are you going to do? Like, yeah. Are daycare centers just going to be overwhelmed? I mean, not, daycare centers can't probably fit every kid. So like, I don't, I can't even begin to wrap my head around what's going on for a lot of people right now. Right. One of the things that, uh, one of the quotes that I saw, I mean, I know like our, I, I don't know about you, aside from social distancing, I think social media distancing might be a big thing that we need to look into during this time off because my gosh, like everything's so fluid and it's so in your face and, and there's just so much that, it, that it's hard. But um, it, in my um, social media uh, experience yesterday, one of the things that I saw that I, I thought was a pretty profound quote, because you, you, know, you just mentioned about how 
states and different organizations are handling these things very differently. Um, and this is a quote that's going viral, but a, a superintendent um, said something uh, in an address about canceling schools for the next three weeks. Um, said that um, in the end, it will be impossible to know if we overreacted or did too much, but it'll be quite apparent if we underreacted or did too little. Um, yeah. And that, and I think that's the mentality so many different people are taking on during this time. It's, you know, it's like, I, I think you'd rather look, be able to look back and say, hey, we overreacted just like we did with, uh, you know, Y2K or, or whatever, I you know. We did it right. Right. But uh, <laughs> in the end, it's like, if you underreact or do too little, um, you know, like history will not kind of paint that uh, quite as, uh, you know, in quite the right light. The same Full way. disclosure, uh, when Y2K happened, uh, we my family did not stock up on as much stuff. Um, maybe we didn't take it as seriously, but it, that one, uh, do you remember Y2K, the, the feeling going through that? I yeah. do. I, we didn't either. We, we didn't handle it any differently than any other new year. It was, yeah. but I do remember the, uh, the countdown felt a little differently that year. It was more like, uh, something going to happen. <laughs> yeah. And I, I um, friends whose parents just shut off all the lights whenever, the, whenever <laughs> the ball dropped just to kind of mess with the family a little bit. But, um, yeah, I mean, again, still, it's like it, it we laugh about that now, but I well, think that was we a all, life or death situation. That was a very, very different like right. feel. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, but I think, it kind of what I'm thinking about too is we talk about it sometimes as perspective. When these sort of things happen, I think it really puts a perspective on what's really important. Because in education, we stress standards a lot, we stress our curriculum, we stress this. And but at the end of the day, from the top down, people are saying, I think the health of our students and staff and that's paramount. And I think it's really putting those, you know, putting that perspective on things. Uh, so what about the specific effect on our lovely state or commonwealth, if you want to be specific, of Pennsylvania here? Um, as of today, March 16th, there's a report of 66 confirmed cases of the coronavirus, four being in our neighboring Allegheny County. All K-12 public schools in Pennsylvania are closed through March 29th. The Wolf Administration has closed restaurants and bars in five counties, including Allegheny County, being closed to dine-in patrons. The Allegheny Health Network will restrict patient visitations at its hospitals as the virus outbreak continues to grow and influenza continues to be a problem. And the new policy will limit the number of visitors in a patient's room to one. And a side note about that, I saw a headline and read the article, but that's gotta be tough too. Think about all the people in hospitals or nursing homes. I mean, can you imagine how terrible it is if you can't have people visit you? You can't have people come and say, hey, how are you doing? Or if it's really restricted, like that's gotta, that's just an unfortunate effect as well. And that's just, that's real sad too. Um, well, that's, that's what happened in Washington state. I mean, Washington state has really a high number and a lot of them were from a nursing home. Like, I mean, it's unfortunate. Yeah. All public libraries now have been closed in Pennsylvania. The CDC recommends no gatherings larger than 50 people for at least eight weeks. I, I did see that that doesn't necessarily include businesses though and schools. So there could be maybe some flexibility there. They also said that their recommendation does not override local health officials as well, but that is across the board, their general recommendation. And what to know, okay? COVID-19, the situation is changing rapidly. Since this disease is caused by a new virus, people do not have immunity to it. And a vaccine maybe months away, maybe less than that, who knows, we're not really sure, it's uncertain, maybe weeks away, months. Doctors and scientists are working on estimating the mortality rate of it. But at present, it's thought to be higher than most strands of the flu. And again, the more information we get, the clearer those number, numbers will become. 
And as this pandemic affects more and more communities and information about it and reactions to it are fluid, there also seems to be a lot of bogus information floating around. Bogus. We'll stress bogus. that word. That's an interesting so, word, right? Kristen, yes. Why is this the bogus information? Why is this such a big problem? Well, bogus information is kind of a big problem, right? And so I think really the problem itself with it changing rapidly, I, I saw something that explained it quite well. So um, I'm excited to hear it. I love yeah, hearing I'm gonna read it. So if we continue to have a lot of contact with other people, the coronavirus spreads really fast and a lot of people get sick at the same time. And that's the key. So using easy numbers and time frames, just as an example, if a thousand people in one city get sick, 200 of them or 20% may need hospitalization in the first two weeks. So we're going to use this just for illustration purposes only. So let's say all of those patients need ICU level care. So it's, it, which is a high number, but it's possible. So a large hospital might only have 12 to 15 ICU beds. So week one, 100 people would need all of the ICU beds in that city. So if this city's lucky enough to have six to eight major hospitals, which is kind of uncommon, and remember that other people are still getting sick from other reasons and may need the ICU as well. So now into week two, if all the people from week one have not recovered, which they don't, won't have, then there are zero ICU beds for the next 100, 100 critically ill people and for anyone else. Those 100 people are much more likely to suffer serious consequences and potentially die as other people who don't even have the coronavirus, but they can't get the appropriate care. So that's one of that is not bogus info, right? That that's the purpose of stopping the spread of this um, of this virus, right? So that we can do that. However, with the misinformation that's out there, I mean, there's so many different rumors that it's really difficult to to decipher what's real. I mean, there were some things that were saying that you needed to wash your hands with bleach and then you'd be okay. Clearly none of that is accurate, right? And last night, March 15th, rumors were spreading that a national quarantine was imminent. Well, the National Security Council came on um, Sunday night and they tried to dispel those rumors. And they said like text message rumors of a national quarantine are fake, fake news. And there's no national lockdown. But the reason that we're reducing our, our, or that we're doing social distancing is from that example that I just shared. So a senior Trump administration official told Bloomberg that there's an ongoing effort to, to stoke public panic about the coronavirus with the spread of misinformation. And um, yesterday also uh, NPR's Michael Martin um, spoke with Peter a Adams on the News Literacy Project about how to discern some of that information. So that's really, I think, part of it is to figure out how, where the source is coming from so that you don't start believing everything that you read because there's going to be a lot of things out there that are going to spread as fast as the virus itself. So, um, you know, how to, there were tips on how to cure it, that that doesn't exist. There is no cure, it's a virus. And hoaxes aimed at spreading confusion, right? Which um, that's what some people like to do. 
So the skills they need to separate fact from fiction are really important. Most misinformation has strong has a strong emotional effect on us, meaning fear or something of the like. And that can kind of override our rational minds. So if we're intensely ang angry or fearful or confused, that can cause us to share things more quickly with less caution and cause us to kind of short circuit our critical thinking and not scrutinize the information that we're actually seeing. So one important step is for people to just pause, take a breath, track their emotions and realize if they're feeling something and then take a deeper look and say, wait a minute, how does this person or how does this piece of information um, get sourced, right? Like, where did the claim come from? Is it linked to something else? Can I find it on a credible news source or is it more hearsay and something like that? One thing right? that that's a good way of doing it. I, I think there's one thing that, that it kind of really uh, does us a disservice, like the fact that, we're, that we do live in such politically divided times and there's so much division in our country um, it, that does not help us in this situation in any in any capacity because, you know, we, we've seen in the news within the last couple of weeks that, you know, we when things like this go down, we, we look to our leaders and the people that know, you know, that are in the know, the people, the the professionals, the experts the, for, for guidance. What, what do we do? How do we how do we kind of um, come back from this? Like, you know, we're, we're we're looking to them for that kind of guidance. And, and, and all we've seen is, you know, we, we've seen officials from the CDC, we've seen officials from the NSC, we've seen officials from the World Health Organization, and we've seen officials in the executive branch of our government contradict one another on TV and in print. And, you know, and then at that point, it's like, no one, no one on our level knows any of this stuff without what we're being told. And, and so, you know, it's like who to believe, how to believe and what to believe it. And it really comes back. To, and I, I know we hammer this point home in several of our episodes now and, um, and everything, but like, it is, it is more important now than ever to be very, uh, to scrutinize your sources and to, you know, to, to look for multiple uh, instances of the information before you just share, blindly share something or before you just take mm -hmm. something at, at its word, because man, like the, there's no uh, more crucial time to, to make sure that the, the information that we're spreading and consuming and believing is credible. That's why as a history teacher, I just say everything's fake. You know, it's all, it's all lies. It's all, uh, <laughs> Uh, JK. JK. Point, though. I mean, who's to say we wouldn't be better off if everybody was was extra critical <laughs> of everything that they read, you know? I did want to, K-Mills, I did want to give you a compliment, though, with that example that you use there. That It's basically a word problem, a math it word is. problem that you it use is. there. This could be what gets Amy on board to listening to the pod. More Ooh. talk like this. That would be pretty great. Yeah. Yeah. Obviously we had April on a couple of episodes there and uh, this as well. So we're encouraged lots of brain breaks throughout this time. So, right? so basically we're doing everything we can, Amy, to try and have you become a faithful listener. And I'm not even sure she's going to hear this plea from her own husband. Um, it, it could be falling on deaf ears. Well, I mean, yesterday, uh, as we were kind of planning for this pod and we got the text from, from, uh, you know, we're in a group text about like, well, hey, maybe since we're, 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 you know, off work and we're trying to do the pod remotely, maybe it'll give, you know, Amy an ex a chance to get on the pod or Mike, uh, you know, Kristen's husband a chance to get on the pod. I didn't want to be the naysayer in that group message, but I thought, 
my, my, my first thought was Amy's thinking probably to herself, Nate, you are not going to use this pandemic as a way to sucker me into the pot. Like there's right. no way. <laughs> I'm going to, I'm going to try. I appreciate it. I'm like, I'm, I have to go to work. So you do what you do. You. <laughs> uh, so Aaron, with all this information though, we have schools being shut down. How are they planning to account for all this time off buddy? Hit us with some actual true unbogus information not a problem so um in previous episodes we did talk about schools adapting to the digital world and offering flexible instructional days or fids uh, to make up for snow days in an effort to avoid lost time so in the wake of this pandemic some of the schools that had already been offering fids seemed to be the best equipped with contingency plans while other schools who are just being introduced to this format are trying to find ways to deal with the difficulties of going digital Edutopia published a story last week that outlined some of those struggles, most of which center around the following. Internet access, obviously, like that's going to be the, the, the very first step that, you know, you need the first hurdle you need to clear to be able to offer anything on the digital uh, platform. Um, special education needs, hands-on instruction. How do you accommodate for classes like gym, art, robotics? things like that. Um, teachers going from paper to computer um, and anyone that, that uses old tech to, to teach some of their classes and we all do from time to time. Um, how, do you, how do you make that adaptation on the fly? Um, attendance and accountability, these are all uh, some of the biggest struggles that the article kind of outlined as to uh, it, in the way of teachers and schools going digital. So here in Pennsylvania where Governor Wolf's plan includes a provision that exempts schools from having to meet the 180 day threshold, um, your plans may be up in the air as to whether your students will be required or even able to adapt to a digital learning environment and make up work while they're out of school. But for those of you who are scrambling to adapt to meet the needs of your students remotely, some companies and organizations have stepped up to offer resources to alleviate the burden. So as many of you are also in this boat with us, we wanted to share some of those resources with you. So um, here, Yay. here we go. Um, premium version of Google Hangouts Meet uh, which we are actually using right now to produce this podcast. Right. Thank you, Google. Thank you, Google. Um, is available through July 1st. Um, some others, Ed Puzzle Pro, um, Kahoot Premium. So Baldwin, if you are listening, there you go. Um, <laughs> yeah. Zoom. He's already on it. He already has Kahoot Premium, I'm sure. He probably spearheaded the whole project. <laughs> yeah, that's, uh, that would not surprise me. Um, Zoom, um, which is another online meeting platform. Um, Discovery Education, Pear Deck, Actively Learn, Britannica. Edmentum, Follette, Loom, Nearpod, Newzella, Prezi, Socrative, or so Socrative, depending on who. No, no, no. Socrative, like the Socratic method, you know. I, I know what you, I know what side of the fence you fall on, but I know some people say it differently, so I was just throwing that out there. Throwing no, that out if there. you're listening, Socrative, can you please send us a pronunciation link so that our friends here know exactly how it sounds? And a, uh, you know, maybe some ad revenue also. We'll see. <laughs> You're welcome. Um, but there are so many more than that um, to the point where it's, it's kind of been a neat experience seeing teachers and um, those connected to education just throw out all of these resources. And some, are, some are creating them themselves and they're sharing them and, and whatever. So um, there are so many and the list keeps growing and they might suit your needs. Some might suit your needs a bit more than others. So. Um, rather than going into detail about what all these uh, resources offer, what we're just going to do is um, these. We're going to link these resources in the notes for this episode. Um, Ooh, some of them are compiled on a Google Sheet uh, by a, a teacher that I'm not sure where they're me. from. It was me. It was you. I thought it was you, Kristen. Yeah. Uh, 
<laughs> but there, there is a site site out there. Uh, we're going to link that to you in the episode notes. So if you are in the process of going digital or just looking for ways to enhance your your uh, online instruction, give that give that link a click and, get, and check that out. So can, can I be can I ask a question? I don't want to sound uninformed, but do we know what is loom? Because I'm just picturing an actual loom where you're like weaving clothing and stuff. I've never heard of this product before. I I don't know. I, I can because we are like live and we could just going, Google it. I can is the most effective way to get your messages across according to their website. So it appears okay. as if it is a messaging um system. Okay. It's also an online meeting. Pop up to six times faster than you type. Well, well, you're, you're welcome, Loom, for the free commercial. Yep. There you go. There you go. All right. Well, when we come back, our interview with Dr. Jeffrey Fuller, superintendent of the Freedom Area School District. Don't go anywhere. The views and opinions expressed on Pod for Teacher are solely those of the authors and participants and do not necessarily reflect the views of the Freedom Area High School or the Freedom Area School District. Any account of this podcast without the written consent of Iron Man is strictly prohibited. We're now joined by Dr. Jeffrey Fuller, Superintendent of the Freedom Area School District. Dr. Fuller. Welcome Good morning. to Pod for Teacher. Welcome. Thank you. I'm excited. I've been looking forward to this for uh, for for quite some time. I'm glad to be joining you. Although I wish it was for uh, some some different topic than what we're talking about today. All right. So we, um, well, before we um, before we get to the questions, I do have a little story to share. Oh, no. um, so. Over the summer, um, I was working with a robotics company writing and editing curriculum, and I was at the office one day when my phone started ringing, and I was really surprised to see Dr. Fuller's name on the caller ID, because mostly, you know, it's not every day that your superintendent calls you on your cell phone over the summer, no less. Uh, so needless to say, I was instantly concerned. Um, when I picked up, the first thing he says to me is, so I've been listening to your podcast. My initial <laughs> reaction was, oh, no. <laughs> My concern turned to sheer dread. Uh, all, all the cracks about Brad's dashing good looks were a little bit too much, and this was our cease and desist from the district, is what I was expecting. Um, so I was, needless to say, I was relieved to find out that that was not the case. <laughs> no, absolutely. I think you guys are doing a great job. Let me just say that. Those were sincere remarks I made about Brad. They weren't cracks. I'm not sure about your bits, but uh, I meant that sincerely. Nay, you know he's not around anymore, so you don't have to suck up to him. Well, no, he is dead to us. I understand that. In terms of, <laughs> I don't think he. I don't think he listens anymore. But that's okay. Yeah, we definitely wow. don't. We we keep throwing out carrots, and he's not not getting them. Well, and, and quite honestly, I think I think the um, the the change in personnel is a step up. Oh, <laughs> very nice. Thank oh. you. Okay, we're really gonna know if he's listening now. But, yeah. <laughs> but um, since uh, since that phone call, I, I, or since we started, really, we've really been looking forward to inviting you on the pod. And uh, although, like you said, we wish you were under better circumstances, we definitely appreciate you taking the time and hope that uh, we can get you in the studio one of these days. Sure. I, I, I can tell how anxious you've been because it's only taken you a year and a half to invite oh. me on. So. Oh. Like we told you. We had to get the right topic. You yeah, know, everything else wasn't quite, you know, superintendent level worthy, but here we are. But here we are. <laughs> so I, I'm gonna I'm gonna throw out the first question. 
So if you could walk us through the last five days or so as a superintendent at the helm of during such a time of crisis slash uncertainty, that'd be, that'd be great. Wow. Um, yeah, the um, la last week and into this week have been, um, I guess chaotic is the best way to, to describe it. Um, you know, there's, there's been so much information coming out regarding the coronavirus, COVID-19, and um, how it's impacting society, how it's impacting schools, um, and all of the, the changes that are, that are coming down. Um, you know, we, we first heard and, and saw that it was starting to take root in um, the western part of the United States. And then quickly over the last couple of weeks, it's expanded. Um, and last week, it hit Pennsylvania um, and uh, very quickly led to closing down Montgomery County and, and some issues out in the eastern part of the state. Uh, then by Thursday, we started seeing the first potential cases here on the western side of the state. Uh, and, and so we've been talking about what's, what happens with COVID-19, how seriously we need to take it. Um, and so we decided, since we had that in-service day scheduled for last Friday, that we would put some work into creating long-term plans just in case we ended up having to shut down our schools. Um, and so that's where we went on Friday. And as you guys know, we started Friday morning saying, look, we don't know when we're going to have to shut down. We guess we probably are going to, um, but we don't know what that's going to look like. So let's start working on plans. Um, and then um, then we had the webinar from, from PDE, and we didn't get a whole lot of guidance from that on Friday morning. Um, but then by Friday afternoon, early afternoon, the Beaver County superintendents had gotten together and decided nope, the, even though the government isn't saying that we need to shut down, we feel like we need to, so we're going to shut down for two weeks. So I came back and met with, met with the staff um, and gave you that, that update. Uh, and then by the time I had gotten back to my office or soon after I got back to my office after that, the governor had come on and canceled, closed all schools in the, um, in the state for a period of two weeks. Um, and so things were, were changing rapidly. Um, and that actually has continued over the weekend in terms of messages we're getting and, and how things are going. Um, you probably heard that the governor of Ohio um, made a statement that he's not sure that schools will come back into session this year. Um, well, that puts a whole different spin on what this looks like and, and how we work with kids. And what does that mean for, um, for, for you guys as, as high school teachers, particularly that work with seniors? And, and how are we gonna meet the needs for, of those kids going into, um, into graduation? Um, and then the CDC also released over the weekend changes in, um, in their guidance saying that, um, gatherings of more than 50 people should be um, should be banned for at least eight weeks. Um, so right now we're on a two week shutdown. Like I said earlier, you know, I wouldn't be surprised at all to see that two weeks extend. Um, to to what extent? I, I don't know. Um, and, and I don't think there's any way of telling right now. 
Um, you know, all we can do is is the best we can to stay on top of it, to provide the best services that we can to our community. You know, my biggest concern right now is um, how are we going to provide meals to our kids? Because so many of our kids rely on schools for um, for breakfast and lunch. Um, and and at the elementary level, we've got um, we've got about 60 kids that we send meals home to over the weekend mm-hmm. as well. Um, so how do we continue those services? I'm just going to interject. Um, I don't know if you're a member of any Facebook groups, but I did see that they are utilizing the Little Free Library that is in downtown Freedom. Um, actually, Sydney Kircher looks like she has started um, to put food in there. And uh, there's been quite a bit and a lot of donations. So there's like little Chef Boyardee, uh, you know, little snacks, things like that. That, um, But that that could be a nice area for pickup too, I suppose, yeah. if you're in that area. Uh, that was actually one of our questions to see if you had uh, come up with a plan for that. We do. Um, and, and I expect um, finalized plans to, to be available, um, before the, probably before the end of the day today. But right now what it's looking like is, um, we are going to have our cafeteria staff come in. We have applied for and received uh, a waiver from the department of agriculture to be able to provide breakfast and lunch to our students. Um, and it's, it's actually not just free and reduced lunch students. It's anyone under the age of 18 is eligible. Uh, and um, what we're going to do is uh, we're going to uh, pack up a breakfast and a lunch, and then we're going to distribute those at three different sites. Um, we're going to have a distribution point here at the middle school on campus. We're going to have a distribution point at, um, we hope, Conway, the former Conway Elementary School, now the Conway Borough Building, um, and at Big Knob Elementary School. So we're going to have distribution sites out around the community where um, where families can just drive through and pick up their their breakfast and lunch. Um, we're going to be providing that service um, more than likely. The, the pickup time is going to be between four and six p.m. So they can drive through, pick up their meal and have it for the next day. So it will be a breakfast and lunch for the following day. Then also we have that. Um, the backpack program that the Darrell Rivas Foundation provides for us for um, for families in need over the weekends. Um, as I said, we have about 60 students who are participating in those. Um, we're actually going to continue that program. It looks like actually um, later this week, our school board members are going to come in and pack up a month worth of food for each of those families. And that's going to be distributed on Friday evening of this week. for those families to have over the course of the next month Um, and then we'll reevaluate that you know as as the um, as the shutdown continues so we are going to be able to provide meals for for our families as i said anyone under the age of 18 don't they don't have to be eligible for free and reduced lunch Um, so that's a that's a really good service that we can provide and i think locally it's unfortunate though that it seems to take these sort of crises to see like people do come together. Like we have a lot of division. Like normally, like we argue Absolutely. about this, we bicker about that. But at the end of the day, you know, we do care about each other. So that's good to see. And I, I even over, heard over in like um, was it Rochester, the Dairy Queen? I think they're offering a whole bunch of stuff, like a dollar for the students because a lot of kids walk around that area too. So I yeah. think it's just nice to hear 
locally, like different people doing different things to really step up and help one another. Yeah. Um, people are really coming together. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, but in these times of crisis, uh, we often look to our leaders for answers. You know, <laughs> yeah. Is there, yeah, is there anything in your training, though, to become a superintendent that really can prepare you for a moment like this? Because I know as <laughs> teachers, as teachers, like once you actually get into the classroom, there's barely anything you learn in undergrad or whatever it is that really prepares you for life in the classroom. So, so like when it comes to these sort of things, uh, what kind of preparation is there more or and also in general, who do you look to guidance for? Um, I would say that the, um, the, the pr preparation for things like this is very similar to the preparations that you have as classroom teachers to prepare for things like this um, in terms of not much. You know, how do you how do you really prepare for uh, a pandemic? Um, you know, similarly, how do you how do you prepare for, you know, if you have an active intruder in your building, things like that? Um, what it comes down to is. Um, putting in the time beforehand, thinking about your responses. And then tr if, if you, even if you've never been through an experience like that, if you can think logically and, and work through situations, um, you know, you can get through pretty much anything. You know, our, our stance has always been on situations like this um, to be one of not overreacting. Um, you know, let's take in the information. Let's be um, let's be logical in how we're evaluating it and what steps we're going to take to move forward. Um, you know, people uh, people do take their lead from us, from me as the superintendent, from your from your building principals, from the leadership team. And if you see us in a panic, then that creates panic among the teachers, among the students, among the community. <coughs> Pardon me. Um, and so we try really hard not to um, not to overreact and not to um, not to at least show panic as we're going through these things. Um, you know, and the fact of the matter is we don't have all the answers. We have no idea what what's happening with this. You know, it's changing from second to second and we're trying to make the best decision we can. Um, and the best way to, to handle that is to just be open and honest and, and communicate as much as possible, keep people in the loop. Um, and then as things change, you know, everybody's everybody's at the same point. So we can we can adjust together as we move through a, a situation like this. And I'm thinking, too, it's got to be a hard balance between being like proactive versus reactive, like finding what the appropriate response is. So. I don't, I'll, I'll just say I don't envy you. I'll, I'll say that right now. <laughs> All right. Well, and then it's one if if when it's over, we can look back and say, "Geez, they really overreacted." Then that means we did it right. <laughs> I mean that 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 that's exactly right. You know, and and the the most important thing coming out of it is going back through and and being reflective and looking at what we did, how we did it, the messages that we sent, how we sent those messages, um, you know, all of that kind of information helps guide how you do it the next time. You know, hopefully we never have another pandemic, at least during our careers that we have to respond to, but how we react in any emergent situation, um, guides how we react in the next emergent situation regardless of what it is um, and so we can always learn from from what we're doing from the things we did 
right from the mistakes that we made um, and figuring out how to do it better the next time. So um, on uh, on Friday, when Governor Wolf made his decision and uh, you know canceled the schools for two public schools for two weeks, um, he you know mentioned in the plan and PDE you know mentioned in the plan about uh, creating the exemption for the 180 day requirement. But there there seems to be some confusion among people about um, what does that mean for schools across the Commonwealth? Because like is do districts have some latitude there to choose to make up the days that they're about to miss? Uh, and um, kind of what, what's going into that, that thought process for you and for our district? So that's one of the things that is, um, is probably the most up in the air right at this second, um, because that's the thing that we know is up in the air. Uh, because the governor did come out and say that there would be a waiver and that school districts would not be um, held accountable for not meeting the 180-day, 900-hour, 990-hour, 450-hour requirement. Um, and for listeners that don't know what that means, um, in Pennsylvania, students are required to attend school 180 days for um, high school high school students it's 990 hours of instruction for elementary students it's 900 hours for kindergarten students it's 450 hours if you offer a half day program if you offer more hours than the 900 990 then you can claim act 80 days so in our calendar we schedule four act 80 days because we have enough hours over the required 900, 990 that we can take those days off of, of student attendance and use them for professional development. So that's where those come from. That's why we have days identified as Act 80 days and, uh, and days identified as professional development days. Um, so the, the governor said schools will not be held accountable for um, not meeting the required 180 days or the hourly requirements. But then over the over the weekend, um, PDE came out with some information saying that um, school districts may have to make those days up between or before June 30th. Um, and so that's where the confusion comes in. Do we have to make the days up or don't we have to make the days up? And right now we don't have an answer to that. Um, my anticipation is that we are not going to have to make those days up. Um, and there's a whole lot of ramifications that go into that as well. Um, but we don't know that. That's one of the areas that, I, that I'm fairly certain we're going to see some, some clarification and refinement coming out from Harrisburg in terms of what our requirements are for that over the next day or two. And I think part of it also is going to depend on how long this goes as well. well I mean, like, you made me think then, too. Let's say worst case scenario that you can't go back to school the rest of the year, right? They're right. run out a lot. Is it feasible just to say, well, that's it. The year's done. Like, I don't, I don't know. Well, I, I don't know the answer to that either. Um, because, it, you know, if you say, okay, the year's done. So for, you know, what happens to that third of a year, because we have about a third of the year remaining, right? We're a little over halfway through the, the third nine weeks. Mm -hmm. uh, so what happens to that third of the year of instruction for our kids, for all of our kids? 
most specifically, though, what about our graduating seniors who, um, you know, aren't necessary, aren't going to get that third of a year of instruction going into college? Um, you know, so we graduate them as of last Thursday, which was our last student day. Mm-hmm. You know, how does that get interpreted? I, we don't have any idea. Student athletes, you know, our spring athletes that are, are, are tracking our baseball primarily uh, and softball, you know, many of them haven't received their scholarships yet. They were dependent on this last mm-hmm. season. Um, and so as a result, that may determine whether or not they can go to college um, financially. <laughs> so, I mean, there's there's a lot riding on that decision. Um, you know, but but we also can't just say, oh, we didn't finish that year. So guess what? We get to do it over again next year and and hold back a whole generation of kids. You know, that it doesn't make make any sense either. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of questions that are that are remaining out there. And, and you know, as I said to you guys a couple of times, um, you know, this is all changing on a minute-by-minute basis, and we don't have any idea where it's going to end up. Well, and I think that's part of it, too, like to say, okay, you don't have to make up the days, but all of those questions that you you have or that you just said, like as teachers, like, you know, really, what is the expectation for that? Then if you say we don't have to make up the days, are, are we – you know, I, I feel as if we still need to be teaching and communicating right. and everything regard just because that should be in our nature. But at the same point, what what realistic what are the realistic expectations for for teachers and administrators, staff, students for this uncertain time? Right. And, and you know, our district is not a district where, uh, you know, 99 percent of our kids have access to the Internet and to learning resources at home. Uh, and so how do we provide instructional activities um, and, you know, that aren't busy work to those kids um, if they don't have access to the tools that they need in order to complete those activities? Um, yeah, I mean, there's there's a lot of things that we need to work out and, and figure out if if this is going to extend into the long term. Yeah, because correct me if I'm wrong, uh, but if we require instruction for students, then that also means that anybody who has like a 504 or an IEP, like all those accommodations must also be met Absolutely. if instruction is being required. And so that's a huge factor, I think, um, during this time. Uh, a- absolutely. That 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 free appropriate public education that's that's part of um part of the law for our special needs students and for for students with 504 plans with medical plans um you know how do we make sure that we're providing equal access to those students (coughs) pardon me especially those students and that's um that is that is not a uh that's a Jeff's been talking too much. <laughs> uh, how do we provide appropriate educational activities to those students, especially those kids that are um, that don't receive their education in our programs, right? We have kids that we send out to um, to different placements. We're not responsible for providing their their day to day education. Um, how do we design? activities for them to be able to do at home 
without the the usual supports that they would have in their educational placement uh, that would provide equal access. Um, that's that's the hard part. No, yeah. I'm not trying. I'm, I'll go ahead. Sorry, go ahead, yeah. Nate. I'm just I'm not trying to dominate the questions here, but I just popped into my head. Like, how many of our high school kids are they now? Like the primary care providers for younger siblings. Like, if parents still have to go to work, and like, is that that could be a huge? I have no idea. Like, that could yeah. really be a, a big reality for a lot of kids too. Absolutely, absolutely, it yeah. is. Yeah, you know, and 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 I think about those families whose parents are in the medical field. And, you know, their kids are home with them now. And so as a result, they may not be able to go to work and provide medical services to, to sick people and the impact that that has on the spread of this virus and, and how that continues. I mean, this is, this is um, you know, we talk about disruptors. This is a complete cultural disruptor for our society. Um, and everything is, everything is changing as a result of this. Now, you on Friday, you referenced um, the flexible instruction days and mm -hmm. having that window reopened. How and I've, if I don't know all of the specifics regarding flexible instruction, but how would that help us during this time if in the event it was reopened? Flexible instructional days were um, were set up by PDE um, as a pilot last year and then made available to all districts this year as a way to um, to make up snow cancellation days or weather related cancellation days. So <laughs> we all build snow days into our calendar. Um, but if you have these flexible instructional days, that means that, that the school district, the teachers have created activities so that when school is canceled, kids can can complete these activities to take the place of the um, the instruction that day. As a result, you don't have to make up that day in order to participate in flexible instructional days. School districts had to um, apply to PDE before September 1st of of 2019 for this school year um, <clears throat> because we didn't have the electronic resources technical resources available to a lot of our kids um, we did not sign up um, my hope is that by going through this exercise of creating this, these long-term plans um, we'll have a better idea of what that needs to look like for us for next year so that when that window opens for next year we'll be able to take advantage of that um, PD has not given any indication as of whatever time it is right now, um, 1145 on Monday morning, that they're going to reopen the, the FID application window for this year. Um, so we don't know how that applies to us in terms of putting those plans together and, um, and being able to take advantage of that. I just I wasn't sure if technological resources came along with that. Um, in, in terms of um, services being provided by the state? Yeah. No. No. They do not. I don't know about you guys to kind of lighten the mood a little bit. I've noticed I've been touching my face a lot more while we're sitting here talking. I'm well, like I rubbing think my forehead. at our faces, right? <laughs> yeah. I, I, yeah, I'm just, I'm a, I'm a hot mess, I guess. Yeah, I, and I said that to you Friday uh, when we were meeting. Like, I have this uncontrollable urge and, uh, you know, you're, I'm sure you've been seeing me through the camera doing the same thing. Uh, you know, I just, I just can't, I think Aaron's the only one that hasn't done it 
uh, during this know, entire half hour conversation. I'm going to do all of mine during the break. Like, I, I didn't want you to see me doing it. Like, I, <laughs> you're going to, mm -hmm. that's, that's good. Very good. Um, right. so is there uh, is there anything else that you'd like to say to the district community, Dr. Flores, the sun sets on their first day of at least two weeks out of school? I think, um, you know, I, I sent out a tweet yesterday um, that, that, that provided a whole list of things that you can do during a um, during the, the situation as it is right now. You know, the, the shutdown doesn't mean that you can't be outside playing in the park, doing those things. Um, so, so take advantage of those opportunities, get outside and, and, and get some air and, and move around and do instructional activities. There are free little libraries. We have one here right outside the school. There's one in downtown freedom, um, you know, continue to go and, and, and read, um, you know, be, be engaged in things like that things, check on your neighbors, um, especially elderly folks, you know, help them out. Um, you know, they, I feel badly for the elderly when they have to go to the grocery store and, and get run over by people, um, you know, help out the elderly, help your neighbor. Um, what you shouldn't be doing is doing things like going to movie theaters and going to malls and, and, and going to, you know, places where large groups of people are, um, because that doesn't help, um, you know, but still, uh, you know, check on your neighbors and, and just love on people. And that's how we're going to get through this. Well, I have a, I have a lot of yard work you can help me with if that's what you're uh, getting at. I, we can be outside, you know, trimming some hedges, uh, digging some ditches. Okay. What, what's your address? <laughs> <laughs> All our faithful listeners will show up ready, ready to go. Right. In hand. So I've got, I actually have concrete being poured at my house right now for a patio for my in-laws for their, for their new apartment. And um, so I'm going to have some landscaping to do of, of my own here <laughs> over the course of the next few days as well. So <laughs> well, watch out for thorns. <laughs> Well, um, considering everything that you have on your plate right now, we really do appreciate you taking the time to talk with us and shed yeah. some light on the situation from your perspective. Thank you very much. Yes, thank you. My pleasure. Stay tuned. Um, it's going to change. Will and, do. Uh, right. we'll, we'll keep you all in the loop, okay? Sounds all right. Good. So, well, all good. right. When we come all back, good. our exit ticket, stick around. Hot for Teacher is brought to you by... Banana milkshakes. Yum. I, yes. I hear, <laughs> I hear some people really like them. Love in them. Fact, in fact, I hear some people love them. Yeah. <laughs> not really sure what that's all about, but I'm not here to judge. Oh my gosh, they're delicious. See, Nate? See, Nate? I, whether Conan listens to this or not, Clifton's on my side. You need to give him a try. You got a couple that's weeks. Right. They're delicious. All right, so what have we learned today? My goodness, Aaron. Wow, um, there's just so much, so much to unpack here. I, I mean, I think the, um, without sounding repetitive, um, around, surrounding everything that we have already heard a million times from all, all kinds of different sources, um, we really just, we have to trust the experts here. Um, you know, it, it we have to we have to listen to what they have to say and we have to follow their instructions i think that's paramount um i also think that uh, 
I, I've seen some folks online getting frustrated with people who are disappointed when things have been canceled and things like that. I don't believe that that is mutually exclusive. I don't think those things are mutually exclusive. I, I think we can truly follow our follow the instructions. We can take this pandemic seriously. We can do what we're supposed to do. But it's okay to be disappointed that, that it's impacting so many lives and not just the health of, health of folks, but, but, but of, of other things that, that bring people happiness and joy. And, and, and I, I don't think that we need to have that competition. You know, we, can, we can be upset about both of those things. We can be concerned about both of those things. Um, but I mean, the situation is so fluid that um, you know, reacting or overreacting especially um, is not going to do us any, any sort of good here. Like we, we have to be flexible. We have to be patient. We have to be understanding. And most importantly, we, we got to look out for each other. Like we, we are truly all in this together. And um, if, if we can't look out for each other, uh, what, what else is there really? So what you're saying is it's okay for you to cry over your uh, Celine Dion tickets that you had for later in the month, Fitz? My uh, heart was on, Nate. It My was just Friday. Just as I see, as I see what you did there. I did have tickets. Did you? Wait, yes! you did? Celine oh. is the queen. Are you kidding? Celine is queen. I, I love her. I, I'm sorry. I didn't. Maybe she'll send you a personal uh, note or no, something. Henry's scheduled for November. Don't you? We don't make fun of Celine in my presence. Mm -mm. Who's making, nobody's making fun of no. Celine. Yep. Not at all. Yeah. <laughs> what I've learned is that this is something that is really, again, when catastrophe strikes, it shows that people are willing to come together no matter what our differences are. We have people looking out for one another. We have, you, you mentioned it as well, Fitz. Um, we have each other. We have, and, to be honest, like I'll even share, like maybe my thoughts on it have come. Like when it first came about, maybe I was a little too cavalier about the whole thing. But as it's gone on, you know, what's the old mantra? Better safe than sorry. And so, like you even brought up earlier, well, it's better to overreact and look back on it than to say you underreacted and then to have more negative consequences come about from it. Uh, so, the the small silver lining that I see, and we've talked about it before, is that people are coming together. Hey, we we have an issue, we have a need. People are stepping up. People are volunteering. What I I read somewhere it was like U-Haul. They're letting college kids for 30 months or 30, excuse me, 30 days have free storage because how many kids are booted off of campus, right? And they can't know how many where to go with their stuff maybe or Staples offering for kids to go there if they need a computer to be able to print stuff off or whatever it is like these companies. It's not just like local schools. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm so thrilled that local schools and the, but these huge companies and corporations are doing things as well. Um, so that's not, I mean, it's a small thing, but what Disney Plus, they released Frozen 2 three months early. Think of all the money that they could have made if they still would have waited for that. Like it's even just like small little things like that to try and help out because they see the situation. They see that it's a huge issue that affects everybody and they're doing something to try and make it better. So I, I appreciate you know what I see going on, not just like the government level or the health organization level, just like on a, like on a personal level too. Yeah, I agree. And that personal level, I mean, even with our small business owners and our restaurant owners and yeah. I don't know, it, it's one of those things that this is going to be an uncharted water that we're going through and our neighbors, our friends, our people, you know, places we've relied on going, you know, always may not be able to operate. And I, I think learning that it is being taken seriously and if we overreact, that means we've done it correctly, right? When it's all said and done, because ultimately we're saving lives, right? And that's the goal. And even though we may not know like the small things that we're doing, 
um, are impacting our bigger picture. And I think learning about that and understanding that all schools are in this together, uh, that we're all experiencing the same thing, that we're going to figure everything out together, I think is pretty great. And I'm looking forward to, um, you know, staying safe and, and getting everyone, you know, where we need to be. And I know we kind of joked around a bit about Fitz and his cooking abilities, but it's a small thing that we can do is still, hey, maybe you get carry out, right? Or delivery. Share a recipe. Yeah. You can, you can still participate and help these companies out because they're going to be hit really hard too. And so like, yeah. that's a small level thing that people can still um, um, pick up and, and do with. Right. So maybe if you haven't, you, you haven't cooked something in a while, um, you know, you refresh those skills and it's all coming back to me now, right, Celine? <laughs> yeah, I did there, Kristen. I, wow. I, I see what you did there. Uh, because you love me, Kristen. Because you love me. And if that song's not connected to this pod, we're gonna have I'm gonna have a problem. <laughs> it's all coming back. It's all coming back to me now. All right. Well, all right. That is all the time we have for today. Follow us on Twitter at Pod for Teacher. You can find me at A Fitzpatrick CJE. I'm at N Langelli. And I'm at K Milanovic. Gently tap that subscribe button with your elbow, then sanitize it. And if you feel we've earned the bonus points, leave a rating and review wherever you found our pod. We like stars as much as Nate likes lingering in our classroom doorways each morning <laughs> with coffee and a creepy smile on his face until we acknowledge his presence. Hey, 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 in my defense, <laughs> if I didn't come and stare creepily at you, there's a good oh. chance, at least for bits, he would never come see me. I like this guy. It's great. This is, we're airing our dirty laundry here in our romance. I, he's maybe stopped down in my doorway in my room. I don't even know if I can need two hands to count the number of times in all the years that I've been in that room. He's like, quote unquote, busy. I'm going to put that in quotes. Busy. busy. See, he. Yeah. I bet if he had first period planning, though, it would be a different story. No, because I'm sure he's had first period planning in he's the past never, several he years. Know it. No, he no, no. I'm going to pull up the records. Bulldog beat. No first period planning. <laughs> I got you. Time will tell. Time will tell. Uh-huh. <laughs> anyway. But uh, reviews do help more people find us and connect. Um, so we appreciate that. Um, until next time, wash your hands. Don't touch Do not touch your face. And we got to stop it. Be good to each other, everybody. We'll get through this together. Take care now. See ya. Bye.